management is going to give you the latitude to be patient? I feel like I have a great relationship with management, yes. Do you feel like you have job security? I feel like I'm coming down here to do my job and coach, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere, no. Today's episode of the Too Legit Sports Podcast here on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere where you listen to your podcasting needs. It's brought to you by Lamp Apparel. Shout out to my guy, Matt, in Ohio. Big Blue Jackets fan. I don't know much about the Columbus Blue Jackets NHL team, other than that the LA Kings are better. But nevertheless, Matt, thank you so much for the apparel. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And check out LampApparel.com when you get a chance. Pick up some fresh shirts and uh, some sweaters for the winter. I'm in LA, so winters don't even exist out here. But if you're in anywhere else in the country, maybe from like the Midwest and on, go get yourself a sweater, a hoodie, and other fine materials. You'll feel so good in that lamp apparel gear. You're going to want to ask out that girl on the date. You're going to want to apply for that job you want. That's the kind of confidence lamp apparel gives you. Go check out lampapparel.com. Today's show, man, I got a whole variety of topics. As if you haven't seen the title today, we're talking NFL. We got week nine coming up. We got to break down these quick spreads. I'm going to talk about four or five games that I really enjoy this weekend because, you know, most of the NFL slate is poo-poo garbage. Got to talk a little Hugh Jackson who's on his retirement tour right now. Have you seen this? Have you seen Hugh Jackson? We'll get to it. We'll get to it right now. We'll get to, we'll get to Hugh Jackson. Rams and Saints, all that good stuff. Of course, we're going to talk some NBA, some basketball. Breaking news, Luke Walton's on the hot seat, apparently. We'll get to all that in the NBA section. We'll drop some music in there as well, and we'll finish it off with the championship rounds. UFC 230 is this Saturday night. The Black Beast, Mr. Popeye's Derek Lewis, is fighting again, and we'll talk about all that at the end of the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Too Legit. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing, unsubscribing, and resubscribing, leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you You listen to us. And now I'm going to take a sip of this water because I'm very parched. And we're going to get right into the show. football came and went and wow the Oakland Raiders are horrific like they lost 34 to 3 to Nick Mullins I don't know if I want to give more credit to to Kyle Shanahan because if you got an arm he makes you look good that's what Kyle Shanahan does Nick Mullins I love the wedding ring that's a nice touch to play with the wedding ring he's out here looking like Aaron Rodgers though I don't know how bad the Raiders are but they're really bad to lose 34 to 3 can't score a touchdown they scored a field goal in the first drive of the game, and then they just punted and intercepted and fumbled and did whatever they want to do the rest of the game. Oakland Raiders, the waiters, the waiters, the waiters, the waiters are not great at this restaurant. The Raiders are not great. They're tanking. They're getting all these. They're trying to hoard all these picks. John Gruden's got ten years, so he doesn't really give a shit. Like I said before, he could be bad for eight, good for the ninth, eight and eight, you know, nine and seven in the ninth year, and then go back to six and ten, five and eleven in the tenth year, and still get his hundred million dollars 
with no state tax in Las Vegas. Shout out John Gruden. He uh, Shout out to your agent as well, John Gruden. But the Raiders are really bad. And Gruden, Gruden keeps praising that people want to play for this Raiders team. Everybody wants to play for this Raiders team, apparently. So I cannot wait for next year when John Gruden trades Derek Carr or he figures out something else. He trades those three picks uh, for Jameis Winston. I don't know. This is John Gruden's. John Gruden does what he wants. He's uh, Mr. Monday Night Football still to this day. Poorest effort and a horrible game to watch. Thursday Night Football is continuing a streak of poo-poo games. The only one being the Vikings and the Rams was the only good Thursday night game this year, from what I recall. But good on San Francisco and Oakland for keeping the tradition of the poo-poo Thursday night game. Short week game. Hugh Jackson. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. Who? The Browns are for real. They're firing your ass. They are firing Hugh Jackson. And I love how Hugh Jackson is like shocked. He's kind of appalled that he's fired. And my guy had three wins, 36 losses. And one tie in three years. And my guy has the audacity. Hugh! Hugh has the audacity to be like, why are you firing me? What? Hugh Jackson is no longer the head coach of the Browns. They fired Todd Haley as well because, you know, the offense was poo-poo as well. They needed to design an offense for Baker Mayfield to, to excel in the NFL. And Todd Haley was not about that. Instead of choosing between the offensive coordinator and the head coach, they just fired both of them because... You know, the Haslam, that I think it's Jimmy Haslam. He's like, ah, whatever, I don't want to deal with it. He loves to fire people after the second Steelers game. Fifth straight coach he's fired after the second Steelers game of the year. And now Hugh Jackson is like, you know, if I had better players, the roster is not what I wanted. If I had control of the offense, if I could have chose Domino's over Pizza Hut for the stadium food, everything would have been different. My guy, Hugh Jackson, you were 3-36. and In Oakland, you were not that great of a coach either. You're a great offensive coordinator from what I remember, right? Or defensive. When you were with the Bengals, you were solid, you know, as the, as the coordinator. But Hugh, my guy, he came out here on first take today, you know, saying, you know, it's kind of my fault, but, you know, I wanted to draft Wentz. I wanted to draft Mahomes. I wanted to draft Odell Beckham. I wanted to draft Jesus Christ himself. And they kept overruling me. The Browns are a mess. They are they're keeping the tradition alive of being the most dysfunctional team in sports. Their competition right now in dysfunctionality is their neighbor, the Cleveland Cavs. That is something else. I wish Baker Mayfield the best. I wish he could demand a trade because I don't really know what's going to happen now with Cleveland. They have some pieces. Look at the Browns' schedule. Steelers at New Orleans. Jets, okay. At Oakland. Baltimore. San Diego. Tampa away, which could have gone either way. And, of course, the Steelers away. What did you expect the record was going to be, Jimmy Haslam? The Chargers are good. The Steelers are good. The Bucks with Fitzmagic are incredible. The Ravens are a playoff competitor. The Saints are the second-best team in the NFC. I kind of see where you're coming from, Hugh. But 3-36. and 36. Can't escape 3-36. and 36. Can't escape... The Hard Knocks, bro. Can we talk about the Hard Knocks? This must have been a plan to get homie fired. Jimmy Haslam's like, look, look, we'll do Hard Knocks. Just put the camera on our offensive line coach and put the camera on Hugh Jackson. He'll, he'll run himself into a wall. And boy, how did Hugh Jackson look incompetent. He looked really bad in the Hard Knocks. And then, of course, his post-game interview's like, you know what? It's, you know, I'm the head coach. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dabble in the offensive duties. And it all led to his demise. He was the first coach fired this year. So if you had that bet, go cash it in. Shout out to the Browns. And of course, the Browns, such a great organization as we've talked about in the past couple minutes or so. New coach, interim coach. 
Greg Williams, who is kind of wild, has a crazy pass with New Orleans in terms of Bounty Gate and all this other stuff. Uh, his hard knock stuff is hilarious. He was saying how he's gotten thousands of job offers and he just walks in and gets them. He's a special kind of human being, this Greg Williams fella. And his first game is Kansas City. Probably the best team in the AFC, not counting Tom Brady. They're probably going to drop 48 on you, buddy. Sorry, Greg Williams. Welcome to Cleveland. Let's talk the game of the week this week. The LA Rams, undefeated, undisputed, top of the hill, king of the mountain, number one in the power rankings, the Los Angeles Rams. They just acquired Dante Fowler Jr. from Jacksonville. They're going all in. They're so aggressive. They're going to New Orleans this week to face Drew Brees, who is my MVP right now. Are you gonna, you got to give Drew Brees the MVP. My man has put in so much work and never won an MVP. Pat Mahomes has played eight games, nine starts. Is out here going to grab it? Tough. Or you give it to Gurley. But Drew Brees, sneaky MVP, man. I love what Drew Brees is doing. Do you see the numbers he's putting up? And this is coming from a Todd Gurley super fan right here. Look at the numbers Drew Brees is putting up. Nevertheless, MVP candidate versus MVP candidate, as I slur my words, in the Superdome in New Orleans. I believe the Saints are getting a point and a half at home. This is where everybody's saying the Rams is O has got to go. This is going to be a tight game, a field goal light game. The Rams have struggled getting that pass rush. And that secondary will heal once Tlaib comes back. We have some, some nooks and crannies, some dings and some dents. The secondary will be back. We acquired Fowler just to fix this pass rush to get more movement. Got Aaron Donald, Sue, and Dante Fowler looking at you. I'm going to go with the Rams, of course. I'll go with the Rams, 28 27 in the dome it's gonna be fireworks but the rams will prevail sean McVay is the ultimate preparer he will have this team prepared and ready for war in the superdome i'm taking the rams and the saints are getting point and a half right i'm taking them to win by a point go rams lions and vikings you know what that's an interesting coin toss game for the nfc north the, the lions are kind of eh, and the vikings are good, but we don't know if they're great. I'll take the Vikings at home. The Steelers and the Ravens. This game right here, right now in front of me. AFC North division is on the line right now. Baltimore is hosting Pittsburgh. This is going to be a tightly contested game. John Harbaugh knows what the deal is. Joe Flacco is going to prove that he is elite. And the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens will prevail this week. I got them winning. 17, 13, and will be a staunch defensive effort from both sides. The Steelers, I believe, are top three in sacks. And the Ravens are just a lock them down defense that you don't know when they're going to show up. So I'll pick in the Ravens to show up at home this week and get that W. Chiefs and Browns, we talked about. Patrick Mahomes is going to air it out all over the Cleveland defense. And it's going to be a, a high-scoring affair. If you have Pat Mahomes on your fantasy team, or if you're facing him this week, have fun. Jets and Dolphins, nothing to talk about because Adam Gase is out here saying that Ryan Tannehill is nowhere near his ceiling. He's nowhere near his ceiling, according to head coach Adam Gase. And if I were to believe that, Tom Brady is 41 years old, and this man is going to win the division right here for the next nine years with all this head coach talk thinking Ryan Tannehill is better than he really is. Jets and Dolphins, I'll take the Dolphins because they're at home. Bears and Bills? Can we put a bet right now on Bears and Bills? Pick six. Sure bet. 
there's a sure bet that there will be a pick six in this game by the Peter Man. The Peter Man or Matt Barkley or whoever else they sign off the street. There will be a pick six. I, I expect Khalil Mack to have a big game. I Hopefully there's snow. So we just have snow on snow with two cold weather teams. I'll take the Bears to win handily. The Bucks and the Panthers. Look, Fitz Magic is back. Fitz Magic is something else. Deshaun Jackson wanted to get traded last week. Fitz Magic came in. He's happy. He's buying Rolls Royces for this damn quarterback. Everybody's happy when Fitz Magic's in the game, except Jameis Winston. Tough break for Jameis. Fitz Magic is going to barrel down on the Panthers. Carolina's at home. Cam Newton loves to dance. His outfits are 100% every time, anytime. But I'm rolling with Fitz Magic right now to beat the Panthers. In the Bank of America Stadium there in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. I'll take the Bucks by a field goal. Chargers and Seahawks. This is an interesting game. Why? Because the Chargers are really good. They're coming off a bye, and they're going to Seattle, which is usually a tough place to play. Seattle is not as great as they were in the past at home. They are beatable in CenturyLink, but they are getting healthier, ladies and gentlemen. The Seahawks... Look out for them. They're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. They're figuring out the, the, the offense a little bit. Russell Wilson is still playing at an all-time level. Look out for the Seahawks. I think they sneak away and get this W against the Chargers. Bounce them right back into the wild card picture. And I expect Russ Wilson to run around and to do all, all sorts of craziness on that defense. Chargers defense can be messed with. Can be messed with. And I expect a running quarterback, an MVP level quarterback, Russell Wilson franchise quarterback to do his thing i'll take the seahawks by touchdown texans and broncos i don't even know what to say about the texans they suck one week and they're great the next week and then i don't know they'll kind of flame out before the playoffs start they're the washington nationals of the nfl right now everyone loves them they talk about them they get this streak they may make the playoffs and they're out in the first round i'll take the texans to win they just acquired demarius thomas who was a bronco and now his first game traded from the broncos is at denver against the broncos so Demarius Thomas, give him lots of targets. This is a big revenge game for Demarius Thomas. The nightcap. It's a beauty. The Packers and the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. These guys have not played in a couple years. The last time these two men faced off was 2014. Tom Brady went to Lambeau and the Packers beat the Patriots in that cold, in Lambeau Field, in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin. But this time, the teams are different. And before I get to that, I want to say this. The last time they played was 2014. Do we remember who went to the Super Bowl that year in 2014? Oh, yes. It was the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. Because if you remember, the Green Bay Packers were facing the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. That onside kick, the fumble, and the rest is history. We were destined to have Rodgers versus Brady that year. And I even forgot. Was it Jermichael Finley? I'm trying to remember who was the guy who squeak who, who let that ball squeak out of their hands and let Seattle come down the field and take away an Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl appearance. But now back to today. Back to today's game. Aaron Rodgers is superhuman. He's a freak of nature. He'll keep you in the game even if you got a bunch of D-League scrubs on your squad. And Tom Brady has a bunch is the same way. System is amazing for for Brady. Belichick has got a tweet. The Patriots look like they're rolling. They're slicing and dicing. It is November. This is what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady do. They dominate November and December. I'm going to take the Patriots easily to win this game. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers does not have enough 
to compete with this team. He had a shot last week. Dude, can we talk about last week? He had a shot last week to drive it down the field and to slay the beast known as the Rams. And everybody in the Coliseum, I felt it as well as home watching this game. Aaron Rodgers was going to come out here. He's going to say, F all this. I'm Mr. Cal. F the USC LA Coliseum. I'm coming out here to do this. And then the fumble happened and the rest was history. Maybe Aaron Rodgers has that fire. Maybe Aaron Rodgers comes out here and gunslings. But I don't see it, Aaron. And this puts Mike McCarthy on the big old hot seat. And this puts Mike McCarthy as the head candidate for the Cleveland Browns coaching position. And that's all I got to say about that. Shout out to the Browns for trying to get Sean McVay on board. I don't know how many first-round picks you have to trade for Sean McVay to become your coach. It's not enough. The Rams are not letting him leave. Monday nighter, the Titans and the Cowboys. I am one who will not be watching this game. Cowboys are kind of They're kind of atrocious. They got Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. We'll see how that happens. Well, there'll be a lot of clapping from the homie Jason Garrett. There'll be a lot of clapping. I'll take the Titans to win this game, Sabal. Ooh. I'll take the I'll take the Titans to somehow win this game because uh, I believe was it Mike Vrabel is the coach. He'll figure out a way. This will be a disappointing Monday Night Football loss. You'll see Jerry Jones in his suite, just in disgust. He'll be ordering people around. He'll be making people clean his glasses. It'll be an incredible experience, to say the least. If you just want to watch the game for Jerry Jones' reactions, go for it. Let's dive into the NBA talk. I was watching NBA on TNT last night. Of course, the first game of the night was the Bucks and the Celtics, two of the top three teams in the East. The Bucks were undefeated, rolling into the TD Garden. Of course, Boston won. It took a career high in threes for Boston to beat Milwaukee. Look, Milwaukee's legit, ladies and gentlemen. Can we talk about Coach Budenholzer doing incredible things on offense with not only Giannis Antetokounmpo, sleeper MVP, dark horse candidate, but Eric Bledsoe looks like a good player. Like, if you look at Eric Bledsoe in Phoenix, you could tell he just didn't give a crap. And if you look at Eric Bledsoe in Milwaukee, he kind of shaked off that that rust from last year of incompetence from, like, Phoenix and Jason Kidd. And now Coach Budenholzer has him in beautiful schemes in these passes. He looks great. Eric Bledsoe looks pretty, looks looks great and to start off the year. Don't forget about Chris Middleton, the most underrated player in the NBA. You know what? Let me rephrase that. Chris Middleton is the most underrated player in the East. Look out for Chris Middleton. This guy is getting his shot. He's getting buckets. Look out for the Bucs. I'm going to be watching the Bucs when they come to town next week when they play the Clippers. I can't wait. The, the Bucs are so fun to watch. I don't know about this loss. They got to work on their three-point defense. That's obviously the glaring blemish. Uh, on their team, once they get that down, uh, the sky's the limit for the Bucks. The Bucks are a scary team, especially with Giannis, the X Factor. He's making leaps and bounds. He's passing. He's the point center god. Gotta love the Bucks and what they're doing. And the Celtics are good, not great. They're still trying to figure out all their pieces. They're so deep. Kyrie got his swag back. Not blaming the haircut or the headband, but Kyrie got his swag back. Definitely. Hayward is still getting back into the mojo. And, of course, Tatum is Tatum. Number one option in Boston, Jason Tatum. Definitely a possible playoff matchup if Toronto poops the bed. Nevertheless, good showing by both teams. The nightcap. The Pelicans facing the Blazers. A rematch of last year's sweep in the playoffs. No Anthony Davis available for tonight's game. So that automatically changes the whole thing. Look, Anthony Davis has to play perfect every night 
in order to win games as a New Orleans Pelican. Those are not my words. Those are his words. That's his quote right there. He's got to play perfect. Of course, the Pelicans lost last night in Portland after losing to Golden State the night before. They started out the season incredibly hot. They won their first four, and now they lost their last four. And it's kind of sad that everybody in the NBA kind of wants this. They want this small market New Orleans team to fail and to A, trade Anthony Davis to the highest bidder, and B, possibly move to Seattle. So I'm not, a, I'm not about all that. I know New Orleans doesn't really care about the Pelicans. They can say they do, but attendance talks. You know, tickets talk, jersey sales talk. Not, oh, yeah, yeah, we, they're there. When the Saints are there, yo, tell me about it. If the Pelicans played on Sundays, if the Pelicans played on Sundays only at home, they probably have better attendance. And if they don't conflict with the Saints, Saints are number one in New Orleans. Back to the Pelicans. You know, Drew Holiday was playing at an all-time level last year. They had Rajon Rondo last year. And now they got Randall, who's trying to fit in on the bench. 29 points in 26 minutes is nothing to sneeze at. Shout out to Julius Randall. I wish the Lakers kept it because they could use that size right about now. This is also the reason Anthony Davis switched agents. He signed with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. Not only because, oh, yeah, he's going to go with the Lakers and he's LeBron's boy, yada, yada, yada. It's because he was afraid of his profile. This man is arguably one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best, most athletically gifted. Could be a top 15, top 20 player of all time. And nobody knows about him. He's in the super tiny market, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why he, he hired Rich Paul. Let's talk Los Angeles Lakers. Buckle up because there is a lot of situations going on in the front office. It just came out that Magic Johnson and Luke Walton had a little bit of a discussion. They were talking about, oh, you know, Luke Walton, you got you to gotta turn around. They are already blaming this on Luke Walton. Eight games into the season, not the best player on the team who's messing up everything that he tried to build in the last two years. Let's take it back, Magic. Luke Walton, I know his rotations are bad right now. He's trying to figure out who to play. I know the defense is atrocious, right? The defense is not great, but it's kind of hard to instill your defensive principles to a young team when your leader slash veteran slash superstar never plays defense anymore he takes a lot of possessions off so you got the conflicting issues going on there now magic johnson you want to blame luke walton for this you want to blame him for the bad start are we gonna blame him for uh lebron missing these free throws are we gonna blame him for the lack of shooting did luke walton build this roster did he because you're giving luke walton no weapons did you expect Lou Walton to come out here and be what Eight and zero, and and Ingram is shooting twenty three points a game, and, and and Lonzo is 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 doing double doubles, and LeBron is a god. I don't know what they expected. Magic Johnson has higher expectations for the Lakers than Lakers fans. I was I was give him twenty twenty five games. You got to figure out who plays well with each other, right? Who flows? It's obvious right now that LeBron James and Brandon Ingram do not work with each other. Look at the numbers. They do not mesh with each other. LeBron needs the ball, right? Ingram needs the ball. Ingram could be a point guard. He could be a point forward. All this other great stuff. He needs the ball in his hands. He's not a spot up shooter. Lonzo can catch and shoot. Kuzma can catch and shoot. They, they, Hart can catch and shoot. It's, it, it fits a lot better around LeBron James. And boy, did Luke Walton really need that victory last night. Was it last night or two nights ago? It was, it was two nights ago against Dallas. They almost choked it away against the Dallas Mavericks, if they would have lost that game, his seat would have been scorched earth hot because now they have to go to Portland 
And then they got to come back and play Toronto the night after on a back-to-back. If they would have lost those three straight, they would have been in trouble. Because they were winless in the last road trip and, and Magic Johnson let him hear about it. This is starting to come out like how a LeBron team is. Getting the coaches fired and getting people traded and all this other stuff. I'm riding out the course, ladies and gentlemen. I expect it. I, but I also expect better play by, our, by the Lakers. And not just for Luke Walton. Luke Walton was struggling last year and then they turned around. There's no consistency yet, consistency yet with the squad. So I don't know. Maybe Magic is feeling the pressure because the Dodgers took that L. LAFC took that L last night, which he part owns. And now his Lakers teams are catching L's. He takes winning very serious and very personal. But you got to let Luke Walton do his thing. Because God forbid if Luke Walton gets fired and he goes right back up to Golden State, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap because he's going to go right back to where my, what Mike Brown was doing. So it would be Kerr, Mike Brown, Luke Walton. Also for the Lakers, they need a big man. They need a rim protector. They need somebody at the center because they're playing so small. Their interior defense is exposed once JaVale McGee goes to the bench. And now I love JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee's on my fantasy team. JaVale McGee is playing a career high in minutes. He's having career stats, and I cannot be happier for JaVale. But we need a backup big. Somebody like a Julius Randle, who would have been great, who would have been affordable. But no, LeBron and KCP, package deal until at least December. So, that didn't happen. Kuzma at the five. Not working. LeBron at the five, he did it for a little bit against Nikola Jokic, and he was like, yeah, you know what? I'm yeah, I'm 34, bro. I, I got to I gotta film this Showtime series. I ain't got time to get all physical and getting bruised up. Let me go film this commercial real quick. I'm looking at possibly Robin Lopez from the Bulls for a trade. Robin Lopez. I'm looking at Tyson Chandler as a possibility as well if they can make that trade happen. So um, those are my two big targets for the Lakers right now. And God forbid... The Lakers try to sign Joe Kim Noah because, you know, LeBron remembers how good he was back in the early 2010s. And they signed Joe Kim Noah to just be a def- be a body, I guess. Just to stand there, foul, three in the key, whatever Joe Kim Noah does, not shoot very well. Uh, yeah, and who knows? The Lakers team is going to be completely different once Christmas hits in the new year when all the contracts are available for trade. So it'll be a completely different squad. Nevertheless, I expect the Lakers to lose on Saturday and to lose on Sunday because Toronto is an elite team and Portland is on another level right now and Lakers never beat Portland in Portland. So it'll be a very interesting next week. Buckle up, Lakers fans. OKC getting on the board. We got to talk about Russell Westbrook pulling out the sham god on everybody. My guy, Russell Westbrook, pulled out the sham god to win the game on poor white boy. Uh, is it Cody Zeller, Miles Plumley, Jason Smith? One of those guys could have been Chris Humphreys for all I know. He pulled out the sham god on him to win the game. Paul George went 0 for 10 from 3. That's a different story. Not only did Russell Westbrook pull out the sham god for the W, Russell Westbrook kept doing the sham god. He did it three times. He did it afterward, and then he did it going towards the bench, and then he did it in the huddle, sort of. That's so much disrespect. But if you pull out the sham god for the W, I think you got to let him, you got to let Russ do his thing. Nevertheless, tonight, Oklahoma City is going to Washington. That's the, the highlight game on ESPN. The Wizards are atrocious. They got to make a trade. I'm still pushing for Bradley Beal to go to the Sixers. Shout out to my guy, JC, big Sixers fan. Or Bradley Beal to the Lakers. 
but the Lakers don't want to commit that kind of cash that quick. But Bradley Beal is a perfect fit for the Lakers as well. Needs that, need that shooting. I think OKC wins tonight. Paul George is dealing with issues with his foot. And OKC, in my opinion, is not that good, but they'll get that W tonight in Chocolate City. Other news NBA talk I want to talk about is the Golden State Warriors are playing with the Harlem Globetrotters right now. Okay, can we can we just stop for a second that the Golden State Warriors are so bored with their lives right now. They're so bored with the season. They got Durant dropping 41, Curry 52 the next night, Clay with the tw- with the 14 threes. They're so bored. So the Harlem Globetrotters came in. They're doing the three-man weave, the underhanded shots, the, the, the 360 windmills with the legs up in the air. Look, if the Golden State Warriors come out here and start doing three-man weaves on everybody and underhanded half-court shots, just call the game. That's Just call the game if they're going to come out here and clown you like that. Like, like how Durant clowned the Wizards when they weren't playing hard. The nightcap of the Wolves and the Warriors should be interesting. See how Jimmy Butler says, F you, Derrick Rose. I know you got 50 points. I know you're resurging. I know you got that spring back in your step. And it's quite possible that you could still have a Hall of Fame career. But Jimmy Buckets is out here looking for Jimmy Buckets. He's out here going to shoot 39 shots in 32 minutes. He's going to do the damn thing. He's going to keep shooting. He'll make about, he'll get 27 points on 35 shots. And the Warriors will win by about 25 points because they don't have the shooting to keep up with the Warriors. This game may be, be oh, this game may be may be even over by the third quarter. I just don't see it. They're gonna mentally break the the wolves down. I hope Derrick Rose goes off for something again. It'd be really cool. He did it against the Warriors on national television. Drop another thirty plus. That's my big hope. Is that Rose goes again for fifty? That's the only reason I'm watching that game. Forget Jimmy buckets and that situation with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. They don't like each other. They're talking crap behind each other's back. They want to act like high school children. I don't know. I'm rooting for Derrick Rose. He's the good story of the week. He's a good story of the year. I hope he's comeback player of the year. And I hope he plays at a Hall of Fame level again. Guy truly deserves it. Four knee surgeries. Come on, man. That's a horrible break. Four knee surgeries. And, just, and first off, to still be playing. An incredible feat. Okay? To just be playing. But to drop 50 and to, and to have that old school 2011 Derrick Rose back, it was truly a treat. I wish you the best, Derrick. Although, although back in the day, uh, award-winning listener Gus asked you for a photo at the Chicago Apple Store and you declined him. So that may be the only award-winning listener that's not wishing the best for you. But nevertheless, go D-Rose. UFC 230, Madison Square Garden, live this Saturday night. It's a big event, ladies and gentlemen. Huge event. The Black Beast, Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier, heavyweight championship on the line. But before we get to the main event, before I break down the title fight, Let's take it back because Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier were supposed to be on this card, but Dustin Poirier got injured, and Nate Diaz just does not fight. That's not his thing anymore. He doesn't fight. He just He's just a very entertaining fella. He comes out. He does, his, he does his flexes. He does his middle fingers, and people pay him. So I think he's more than happy just doing that. So that fight got canceled. Probably was going to be the main event. The next main event, they try to do a woman's title fight. For the Bantamweight title, Valentina Shevchenko versus a woman that nobody's heard about. Look, I'm not shooting down the women's division. I'm not shooting down the women's Bantamweight division. But you cannot have a competitor who is three and two. That is what? Three wins and two losses. Fighting for the title. Main eventing Madison Square Garden against a new champion. Nobody's going to watch that. And, of course, she got very upset when they pulled her from the main event. They pulled her from the main event. She was very angry at all this. They, fight, they did what was right, though. Valentina Shevchenko should be fighting Joanna Jongjekcik, the Polish power. 
Those two should be fighting, and they are fighting at UFC 231 next month, okay? That's a fight that should have happened. UFC Dana White was just trying to make a title fight happen for the UFC 229, at, uh, 230 rather, at the Garden. He just wanted a big title fight, just a title fight. Yeah, whatever. Didn't sell, fell flat. Everybody was disappointed. That's what happens. The feedback was really bad, which led to Daniel Cormier taking a short-notice fight against the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Others on the card, Jacare and Weidman. Look, I like Weidman. He's a, he's a hometown kid. He's a tough fighter. I remember his fight with Gaslam. He was supposed to fight Rockhold, which I thought would have been the best fight on the card probably. But Rockhold pulls out with injury. He's still not competing a year later. Now we get Jacare Souza coming in on a short notice. Completely different type of fighter. I'm going to take Jacare with the upset in this one. Jacare is an animal. I love watching Jacare fight. He's the crocodile. He does his thing. You also have Derek Brunson versus Izzy, Izzy Adesanya. That dude's undefeated. I like Izzy. Izzy's a good fighter. Watch out for him and Brunson. That'll be a war. And yes. Oh, and speak of the devil. What's her name? What's that girl? Uh, Eubanks. Sajar Eubanks, who was very upset at getting pulled from that title fight, which she did not deserve. You know, it's not like she lost money or anything. She got to fight again on the card. They kept her on the New York card. You know, it was obviously she didn't deserve it. She was very angry about this and all this other jazz, but they kept her on the card. Keep getting your paycheck. Get this W and we'll see what happens. She goes to the scale and misses weight. Like really after all that, after complaining that you deserve the title shot, how it was wrong, that you were going to sue, that you wanted out of your contract, all, da, 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 and then you go ahead and miss weight for your fight. Like you just completely crushed it. Everybody is just going to bombard you with hate and criticism, which you kind of deserve after all that. And you're more than likely not going to get a title fight. I expect you to get traded to Bellator in the near future. But Miss Eubanks, I wish you the best of luck on your fight, and I hope you get that W. You're fighting Roxanne Matafari. No, you're fighting my home. You're fighting the Happy Warrior Roxanne Matafari. No, Sajar Eubanks. No, no, you missed weight. You're four and two. My fault. You're four and two. Four wins, two losses. Not three wins, two losses. My fault. You're fighting the homegirl Roxanne Matafari, the Happy Warrior, the fight nerd. I'm taking Roxanne Matafari to win that fight. Shout out to Roxanne Matafari. Main event, the Black Beast and Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is the two champ. He's the champ champ. He, uh, he uh, I don't know if he beat John Jones. He didn't beat John Jones, but he has the light heavyweight championship and he knocked out Stephen Miocic. And now we have a short, uh, a short notice fight with the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, who arguably had the worst fight in heavyweight history with Francis Ngannou two fights ago. Worst fight in history. Awful, terrible fight, but he didn't get the blame for it. He got Nagano got the blame. And then he's fighting Alexander Volkov, Drago, this big Russian dude last month on the Conor McGregor undercard. And he knocks this dude out with 10 seconds left. He was losing. He lost the he was losing the whole fight. He lost the whole fight until the last minute. So the Black Beast coming off two bad performances except the epic knockout and that his balls were hot. He is making so much money off his hot balls. I wish him the best. I hope he makes millions of dollars off his hot balls. Okay, he's got ball wash. He's got all these brands coming to him. This man hopped in his truck and saved people during the hurricane in Houston last year. Get, this guy's a great guy, a smart man. He deserves all the money. And I hope he wins on Saturday. But the skills pay the bills. The brawler versus the Olympian alternate, this wrestling champion, this wrestling god, Daniel Cormier. I don't know if he's going to go old. He's just going to get old overnight and just catch one on the chin. And, and it's a wrap. But I think DC is going to come in here. He's going to go for the takedowns. He's going to maul him. He's not going to get hit by these punches. If he does, it's a wrap. The Black Beast will finish him. But I think DC is too smart, too experienced. 
He knows his angles. He knows how to fight taller men. I believe DC will get a stoppage late in the fight. He's just going to exhaust the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Although Black Beast is in incredible shape. I mean, he's got his cardio up to a 10 right now. But Daniel Cormier is something different. He's cut from a different cloth, ladies and gentlemen. And I got Daniel Cormier winning this bout. I'm going to go with a late round stoppage. Even though the Black Beast is amazing. He doesn't lose anything from this fight. He can go and fight Bladis or Ngannou. He can fight, fight Ngannou again. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Too Legit Sports Podcast. We covered a broad range of topics, this general sports talk. Really appreciate everyone listening to our award-winning listeners. Shout out to uh, Johnny and Carlos. Shout out to Craig as well as for the award-winning listeners of the week. Big time shout out to, to Tennis Supply Official as well. Big fans in the Sebi Podcast. We are all supporting online, watching the content, engaging. Really appreciate it. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez. You can catch all the action on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasting needs, and type in Two Legit Sports on YouTube and Instagram, and you'll find some delicious video content to consume. Once again, I'm Alex Fernandez. Enjoy this week because Alabama and LSU are happening. And, of course, Alabama's going to win. Shout out to my LSU Tiger friends, but Alabama's going to win. Enjoy the weekend of fun-filled sports, and I'll see you next week.